Hello, welcome to PQ, the one and only Pokemon Cube podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Martin, and brought to you with co-host and world-renowned chef, Connor Lavelle. If you're confused by that one, we'll get into that later. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. We talk about everything and all things Pokemon Cube. Uh, it's got a pretty exciting episode here. We're doing something we haven't done in a long time. And that is a cube analysis. So we're going to be digging in to um, Best Pal Alice, Coin Flip Cube, the upcoming Cubely Cube. Should be a ton of fun. But let's get into some updates here. We just finished a really exciting Cubely season with Mike and JL's Mutant Cube. Uh, I was fortunate enough to make top eight. I wasn't sure how the bubbles were going to work because there was a ton of resistance, but I fought through. Only to get knocked out by the person that I actually lost to in the first round. So, San Elias Dark Pock decks. It was kind of just a rough one just because of all the energy explosion they can do. Just all the Dark Electrode, Dark Dragonite combos. Really hard to bring stuff up and stall. But, you know, I'll, I can only say I've only ever lost to two decks in this Cube League. So, I'll take that. Uh, Connor, you actually ended up getting second. So, congrats on that. You want to talk about uh, how the finals went or your other matchups or anything? Thank you. Yeah, uh, overall, I was not confident in this month's deck at all uh, coming out of the draft. Um, I became more confident over the course of the event, but at first I was definitely like not feeling it. Um, and it, it clearly, I mean, came back and showed me that my initial assessment was wrong. Um, but uh, in the finals, unfortunately, uh, it, uh, it decided to remind me why I was not so confident and uh, didn't, didn't do the things that I needed it to do, especially not in the face of Vic's deck, which... Uh, did the things that it needed to do very reliably. So it was uh, it was a great league, though. I really enjoyed it. Um, the cube was really fun, and looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I enjoyed this past cube. League. It, it was really cool to see all the different uh, mutant strategies because, like in a normal cube, like you're used to seeing pretty, I guess, conventional archetypes working out here. But in like a mutant cube, I feel like even just like deck to deck had multiple like win conditions, or, like multiple like strategies so there's like a lot of layers to it uh i felt like a pretty high skill ceiling to like really play like perfectly in a cube like this so something that i, I think a lot of players enjoy and uh, if you want to see the cube any of the cube games we have some of those up on our youtube channel uh but this cube has just ended uh congrats to vic by the way for winning uh we're transitioning now to the next cube league uh starting actually this weekend on uh, june 19th so if you're listening to this and you haven't signed up yet, go check it out on Limitless. It's free and it's super fun. Cube League is one of the, it's the most competitive cube experience you can find, especially remotely. So it's it's something that if you really want to try your cube skills against other people and see how you stack up, this is really how you do it. Um, sign up information is all in uh, in the Discord as well as the description to this podcast you're listening to now. Or if you just find us on Limitless, uh, it's pretty easy to find. It's on the Cube League, so. Uh, you can sign up. There's multiple draft times for those playing the Players' Cup. Just go ahead and check it out. It's a ton of fun. We're actually going to be using this coin flip cube that we're going to be talking about in our main segment. So if you're listening to this episode, you're getting the whole lowdown on the cube right away. You're going to have a step up against the other competitors, so you might as well check it out. And also can qualify you to win up to like $500 in the Champions Cube, which we talked about in the previous episode. Uh, I think, is it, Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, you get top eight. In this current cube league, you're pretty much guaranteed. Is that right? Or is top it 25? Four. Top four. Top is, four. Sorry. Yeah. The, the So if you've played in no events the season at all uh, and you make top four, then you will be in Champions Cube. So always a good reason to play cube league uh, if you want to, you know, get to that absolute highest level of competition, even beyond cube league, then that is the place to be. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, but if you aren't able to uh, to play, but you want to see some of the some of the content from there, uh, tune in on Monday. We'll be having the the cube draft video coming out. Fortunately, they can't stream it live. That's mostly for tournament integrity reasons. But if you check out the channel on Monday around 12 p.m. Central, draft video from that weekend will be live, as well as more a uh, few other videos we have coming up on the way. So if you're watching on YouTube, maybe drop a subscription, see see some more content coming through. Um, but without further ado, uh, I guess we should start getting into the uh, crack a pack. So uh, Connor, do you got a pack for us to discuss? I do indeed. So here I have a pack from this upcoming cube league coin flip cube and it's a 10 card pack as usual so i have professor birch's observation aerodactyl with ancient stream i think it's called uh it deals 10 damage more or all your pokemon deal 10 damage more uh healing field bucks training wall rain with gather ice and cold crush rotom with reflect energy uh, Miss Magius with Magical Trans, Carvana, Cherubi, and Jolteon from Rising Rivals. So, nice pack. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on this one? Oh, uh, see, the thing is, like, you know, I'm so tempted to just slam the consistency card because uh, Birch is just a shuffle draw seven. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of cards in this pack you're just never going to see again because of how good they are. Um, like the Aerodactyls for one, uh, one of the, one really nice card in this cube just because, um, ancient stream is just 10 damage for many of your Pokemon can do extra. So, uh, it, it, it's just a nice buff in this cube, especially like the difference between 80 and 90 is so, it's so meaningful that like a lot of decks do actually appreciate the extra, the extra buff there. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I, I, I do like the wall rain. It, I'm not the craziest about it early. I mean, Gather Ice is really nice poker power and um, certainly can make uh, a lot of good strategies work, especially in water specifically. Um, so I don't hate that. Uh, Dual Chance Rotom, just being able to accelerate. I think it's for your discard, I do believe. Um, I don't have the card up right now, but uh, actually I do know. So like that's a little bit harder to do on turn one, but the fact that it's for a free energy can be really nice, especially in decks that might be able to take a turn off of attacking to accelerate and... If, if it works out with board state, like, I can see that card being pretty decent. I don't know if it's pack one worthy. I, I do actually really like this Miss Magius. Um, Magical Trance and Psychic Pulse work in, two, in some very, I wouldn't say very different archetypes because they can't work together, but uh, Magical Trance with Unknown Y, I think it is, accelerates uh, Psychic Energy to an unknown. Uh, without Magical Trance, is like an engine within itself that I think parries nicely with a lot of decks. And Psychic Pulse, the 30 plus 10 to the opponent's bench that have damage counters on it. Uh, so the PQ series this past weekend, we saw a, a few spread decks with this in there. And I think if you have like the Mismagius that have like the the ping, the, the damage ping abilities, like can be a, just a really pressure heavy de deck. Um, so the Magical Trains actually enables you to get into a few archetypes here. And then you have the, the Undeveloped Jolteon, which I super love in this cube. Lightning has not only speed lightning energy as, as a consistency boost, but also Thunder Mountain. So, like, you can be using um, Evolving Thunder for one energy for 50. And having access to Undevelop is a really nice touch, too, because you can go into things like Jolteon EX. You can go into things like Umbreon. Um, so, it's just a nice card. Um, I'm, like, torn between the Mismages and the Jolteon, actually. Um, as much as the as nice as the Birch is, I feel like consistency in this cube is pretty common, like, since there's like a lot of accelerated uh, effects because coin flips that like 
I'm less worried about finding consistency, but like those are some Petunus Magius and the Jolteon for me is like really strong. I know the Aerodactyl is really good too. So maybe that's also in there. I think I think I'm gonna take Miss Magius though, just because maybe I'm biased, but I really enjoy the decks that it's it's good in. So I think I'd, I'd like to have that option. And I know I'm not getting it back. So I feel like I can make this work in a variety of engines. Yeah, I think there's a lot to think about in this pack, uh, which is why I picked it. And um, so, so a couple of the considerations that I'm making here are, of course, Birch's Observation, Shuffle Draw 7, really nice supporter. Um, Ancient Scream, I looked it up, uh, Aerodactyl. 10 more damage to the opponent's active and having some of the best search in the cube with Holon's Fossil. Insanely nice. Uh, Wall Rain with Gather Ice and Cold Crush. I think it's probably the strongest attacker in the cube. Maybe maybe tied for some other stuff, but uh, among the top attackers in the cube. And Gather Ice sets up your board extremely nicely. Uh, Miss Magius, like you said, is a core of a really lightweight and powerful acceleration engine that's very nice. And undeveloped Jolteon, two for 50 to the active and 10 spread. And then if you get more than one attack out of it, then you can get multiple evolving funders with undeveloped. So lots of really nice stuff going on here. I can definitely see the argument from his Magius, but I don't see it being quite as useful as you're talking. I could see it being used in decks that use uh, a lot of colorless attack or a lot of colorless costs. So things like uh, Sharpedo, maybe Crobat, Agron is probably the biggest one. Um, whereas Primal Scream Aerodactyl is just so good in every deck that I think I would be most inclined to take that card out of this pack. Um, and then Wall Rain I could also respect just because I do think that that specific Wall Rain, the Gather Ice Cold Crush one, is, is deck defining and incredibly powerful. So those would be my top picks. Uh, I'm also a huge fan of Jolteon. I probably overrate Jolteon in this cube, but um, I really, really like it. So I'd probably put the Birch a little bit lower in this pack and uh, and prioritize something like the Aerodactyl that is going to be an extremely powerful card in every single deck I play. Yeah, I think Aerodactyl is a fine pick just because it, I mean, it's, like you said, the Holland's Fossil is one of the best search cards in the cube, so having such a strong power on top of, or where do we a body? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, on, top of, on top of a highly searchable Pokemon that has all colors attacks, yeah, I, I definitely could see Aerodactyl. I think for me, Miss Magius, I just I really love spread in this cube, and I think the Miss Magius pairs really well in that spread angle, just because Psychic Pulse for one thirty plus ten everywhere does work really nice, and you have the option to use uh, Magical Trans in a different style of deck. For I think I think it's a preference for me that I think the Miss Magius would be my pick. Yeah, and I think the Miss Magius is a really really good card. Um, I just um, I'm not quite at the same level of of picking it uh, at the sure. top card in the pack as you are. It's just interesting though that like, you know, out of all of these cards, you, you see Birch and like you think that would be the pick for us both, but you know, it the Pokemon in this pack are pretty above average, so it can make a big difference in like what you take. Do you think that's like kind of related to because of like the supporter quality is so high in this cube maybe? Yeah, so the supporters in this cube are generally very good just because you have lots of powerful coin flip effects that would not be good normally, but since you can decide the outcome, they are very nice. And um, because of that, I don't know if I'm inclined to take supporters a little bit lower, but I am inclined to take Pokemon really highly. 
Um, yeah. Being able to get onto those archetypes that are super powerful is paramount to success. So uh, that's definitely the kind of thing that I'm going to be thinking about. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at too. It's just interesting because uh, sometimes you go into and it, you see like something like chorus and it's like an immediate stab grab, but like other packs like this, it's just like not because Birch is a bad card, but because like the the outcome of your deck changes just by having these like super powerful, honestly super powerful, but just like these good deck defining Pokemon makes such a big difference. And I think that's one of the cool things about Pokemon Cube specifically is like you know it's knowing when to take Pokemon and when to take supporters because. Sometimes you take a supporter when you should have taken a Pokemon and it can end up changing your entire draft just because of it. Yeah, yeah, it really is, uh, especially in cases like these where some of the Pokemon have such a massive impact on what decks you're able to play. Um, it can it can literally change your entire draft, whether you take the supporter or uh, one of the Pokemon here. Yeah, so something to keep in mind, especially if you're playing this weekend. Um it's always got to find the balance, of course, but you know it don't. You don't always have to snap grab the uh, the first supporter in the pack, but you know, do take some time and think about the Pokemon you're looking at. But you know we got a long we got a long episode ahead of us, so we're gonna we're gonna cut this intro short and head right into the main segment. So stick around, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to this main segment. Like I said, we're going to be doing a cube deep dive, essentially into. Best Pals Coin Flip Cube. Not something you commonly uh, see as a cube based on coin flips. In fact, uh, one of the main rules here is that all of your coin flips are decided by you or whoever's turn it is. So uh, it allows you to utilize cards that are traditionally just, I guess, for lack of a better word, bad. Um, like a lot of the cards you're going to see here in a traditional sense would be borderline unplayable just because of the amount of variance coin flips have. But... Because in this cube, you can auto... Well, I guess you can choose your coin flips. I don't... There's, there might be some situations where maybe Tails is correct, but for the most part, uh, you can you can utilize a lot of the added bonuses that these coin flips have to... Uh, I, I think it just really changes up the strategies and changes up the uh, the decks you see. I don't know, Connor. Do you have any, any thoughts about like the coin flip aspect to it with this cube? Yeah, I mean, it. you, you see a totally different variety of cards. Uh, from what you see in most cubes, just because they're cards that would never be playable, you know, cards that all their damage is reliant on a coin flip, things like that. And uh, suddenly, if you can just say, okay, I get heads, then these cards become dramatically more playable. And as a result, you have a cube that has a very dominantly unique Pokemon line, which is really cool and something you basically never see, especially in the cube discord nowadays with people having played so many cubes. A totally unique cube is rare, um, but this one definitely fits that bill. And uh, as a result, it's going to be a lot harder to evaluate for players who are not as familiar with cube. So hopefully this video will, uh, or this uh, podcast episode will um, help you get through that reasoning and get to a better deck. Yeah, for sure. Um, so before we get into the Pokemon, just briefly going over the rules. There's not too many, but the coin flip aspect is very big. So players can decide their own coin flips. The only thing your coin flips you can't decide is status conditions. So that's confusion, burn, those type of things. Uh, those are natural coin flips. Um, and the rule set is actually from Gen 3. So if players aren't familiar with that, you, uh, you flip a coin before you set up. The winner goes first kind of familiar to like DP, but the first player does not draw for their turn, which is different. Um, they also cannot play a supporter, but you can play stadiums, items, trainers, 
catch energy, attack. So it's sort of like current rules in a sense, except, you know, you can't obviously attack in standard on the first turn. But uh, they're not drawing a card. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I actually like these rule sets a lot. Um, not to get too deep into it, but I, I think it, I think it is actually a really nice uh, change in pace. I feel like I feel like I see DP a lot commonly. So nothing too much to talk about there. Um, let's get right into the Pokemon. If you want to follow along with us, we're going to be looking uh, on Cube Koga, and you can see all the visuals there. Um, so we're going to be going by type, starting with Stage Two. Uh, so the first Stage Two, we're going to look at the Grass Line, is the Crobat Line. Uh, starting off with Crobat from, I believe this is Sky Ridge Carry Off. So Carry off basically allows you to look at your opponent's hand and you can shuffle back in uh, any Pokemon you find there. Uh, normally, again, this would be done by coin flip, but auto heads, you can just assume that you're always going to be able to do it. Uh, and it has double cross. So it's uh, a two a two uh, coin flip here, 40 for each head. So you do two for 80. Um, and the, the thing that's kind of interesting is that it says if both of them are tails, uh, you can do confused poison. So you technically get the option. If you want to go two for 80 or if you want to go the confused poison route so a little bit of uh options i guess you could say because you can you can decide if you want to poison or confuse generally you probably go for the, the 80 though but it is nice having that free retreat 90 hp i think all these crowbats actually have a retreat and 90 hp here so i can assume that's consistent among the line uh the next two crowbats are from hidden legends it's the flutter trick crowbat so flutter trick allows you to look that's 20 damage Unless you look at your opponent's hand uh, and choose a card and discard it. Uh, so that's actually really nice because you can already see their hand using um, carry off. So if you see a card there, like maybe it's like really important draw supporter. You can use Flutter Trick, discard it out of their hand, as well as doing some uh, some nice damage there. I actually think Flutter Trick works really well with something like an N. Uh, like, a early, like a good hand disruption. And um, especially as your opponent's utilized a lot of resources, you can really stick it with them with this card. Uh, the other attack is for uh, a grass colorless, it's triple poison, so it does 10 damage, and then you uh, and you poison them. Except instead of one damage counter, you put three. So essentially like two for 40. But I think the thing is interesting with triple poison is that if they can't retreat or have no real switch options, especially if you got them into uh, really like a like a hand disruption situation, uh, it can actually be 80 damage going back into your turn. So you can almost take a knockout with something like triple poison just if they aren't able to uh respond or deal with it in that turn the poison in that turn uh the next one we have here is new revelations uh this one also is uh another poison one so it has trigger poison um if your it does 20 damage and if your opponent attaches energy to the defending pokemon that becomes poison it's kind of less good because your opponent has more time to react to it and then the second attack uh for two guys to kill us cross attack uh flip four coins the attack does 20 damage times the number of heads so 80 and then if you get two or more heads, the defending Pokemon is now confused. So here you actually have a three for 80, but confusion. So you can put on a lot of uh, a lot of pressure just by making your opponent have to maneuver. And having him burn switch out is actually really nice for you because you have stuff like poison effects that you can utilize and more confusion effects. So I think I think the problem for most of these Crobats is going to be the HP, but the attacks are nice. Uh, the last one we'll see here is the, uh, the one from Delta, the uh, Delta Species. Uh, the one with Radar Jam, so two color synergies, uh, 30. Your opponent can't play trainer cards, uh, except for supporters. So I believe that's just items, maybe stadiums. Connor, do you know? Okay, so yeah, your opponent can't play any stadiums as well, uh, which is pretty nice. I mean, if you have something like, I think Curse Stone works really well with Crobat. So this would be a good way to just keep Curse Stone in play as well as just like keeping your opponent uh, pretty much like stalled out. 
for Cursed Stone can accumulate enough damage. Can be pretty nice. Its second attack is for a Grass Metal Colorless, because this one's a Grass Metal uh, type. Target attack. Choose one of your opponent's Pokemon. It does 40 to it. The Pokemon already has damage counters on it. It does 60. So with Crobat and a lot of the spread effects from uh from like the stage ones and stuff, you can you can actually get some damage counters put on pretty easily. So target attack can be just like a consistent 60. I think this one I think this one's kind of neat. Uh, but Crobat in general has like a lot of disruption effects, uh, as you see with like the Flutter Trick and the the carry off Poke Power from the uh, Sky Ridge one. So you can use it in more of a disruption deck. You can use it with like special condition. It's also got like a really fast uh, stage one line. You do have access to Forest of Giant Plants. You have access to uh, the Dark Golbats that have Discrete Draw, which is the new one that allows you to draw two when you evolve. So you can have some buffed inconsistency. Uh, I just got a lot of options. So Connor, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on Crobat and like what your, maybe, maybe the strategies you're thinking about with this line and your overall thoughts. So Kingdra on its own, or Kingdra, Crobat on its own <laughs> is pretty nice. Um, all of the attackers are good. The worst one is definitely the triggered poison cross attack one, but that one has some upside too because it has fighting resistance, which none of the rest of the line has. The biggest downside is definitely that the stage twos all have 90 HP. Uh, that's like a really significant downside uh, because it's within one shot range of a lot of decks in the cube. In addition, um, its damage cap is good, but not great. So, uh, but some upsides to Crobat. Uh, it is very versatile. And for that reason, I expect it to be paired with lots of different stuff. And I think it's at its best when paired with different stuff because the most of any kind of colored energy a Crobat needs is two, and only two of them actually need that. Other than that, all of their attacks are colorless or one grass and colorless. So um, lots of flexibility in that energy line, lots of cheap attacks, which always aids flexibility as well. And free retreat can allow you to get in and out of attackers as you need. So uh, Crobat, very, very nice. It also probably has the best stage ones in the cube as far as stage twos go. Um, discrete draw, excellent. Dark Golbat with Night Ambush, three, 30 anywhere, excellent. Dark Golbat with Sneak Attack, excellent. All three of the different Golbats in the cube are so strong. So that's a big buff for the Crobat itself. And then uh, the, the real reason why I think Crobat could be a super successful archetype beyond what I've already talked about is the support lines coming in grass that we're going to talk about shortly here. Um, you can eliminate all of its weakness, you can reduce damage dealt to it, you can increase damage that it deals, you can massively increase its health. So all of these things are very, very valuable for Crobat, and they definitely help build the case. The big issue that I see with it is inevitably you're going to end up having to use Flutter Trick. Uh, that, that Crobat is pretty key to the functioning of the deck, it's, it's two out of five Crobats. Um, and if you use Flutter Trick and you need to kill your opponent's hand or at least slow them down and they have two strong supporters, then it's it's just not a good card. So I do think Crobat is very good. I think it has a lot of potential. Uh, Al has made some very definitive buffs to it recently that I think have helped it out a lot. So I'm excited to see how it does in this event and I'll definitely be looking out for it in the draft myself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I, I think once we get into the next uh, parts of grass too, it'll it'll be a little more clear what the uh, the also the other benefits of cro uh, crobat is. So we can get right into those. That the grass stage one in this cube is uh, Cherum, which is more of a. I mean, it's it's almost entirely a support line. Like I don't think you really want to make a deck out of this, but 
Uh, it's really nice for what it's worth, though. So we have two Cherims from Stormfront with Sunny Day. So it says each of your grass and fire Pokemon's attacks do 10 more. So it works not only with the grass, but also with the with the fire attacks. And it's got some nice healing attacks as well. Like Salty Sweet does 20 and heals two damage counters from one of your Pokemon, which could be a neat way to preserve some HP. Um, the next Cherim we have is the Cloudy Sky. It's kind of like the antithesis of the other one. Um... It reduces damage from uh, any of your grass and fire Pokemon will be damaged by attack. Take uh, ten less. So it's a buff. It's a buffing Pokemon that gives you a little bit more, uh, you know, tankiness. Like you talk about those Crobats being pretty frail. This is one way um, to to reduce damage. And uh, the next one, the last one, is the uh, the most recent one that's been printed from Ultra Prism. And with Weather Guard, you can prevent all grass weakness. So. Uh, pretty much you have uh, all really good tools for grass to utilize. Uh, and by grass, I mean crowbats. Uh, so, but the sunny day one is probably the most interesting one just because it also buffs fire damage. So when we talk about fire as well, you'll probably hear this come up. But um, I'm going to also lump Shaman into this as, as well while we're talking about grass support. So this is the recent addition, at least as far as I know. Uh, there are two Shaman level X in this cube with thankfulness. So each of your grass Pokemon, except any Shaman, get an additional 40 HP, um, and you only can use one of those per turn. Uh, you do also have access to Seed Flare, uh, see attack on level X, this grass level color is for damage, choose many grass energies in your hand, and attach them to your Pokemon if you like. If you do, that's just 40 plus 20 damage for each grass energy. So, I mean, that, if you can, uh, get to a lot of grass energies in hand, you could utilize, but really thankfulness, the, po the Pokebody is one of the best things about this. Turns those Crobats into, uh, actually 130 HP, uh, stage twos, which is a really more on par with what you would expect. Um, you also have access to Celebration Wind Shaman. Uh, some of the basic ones aren't too bad. Growth allows you to accelerate to itself. Um, Magical Leaf allows you to do three for sixty, and then you can heal twenty from itself. So it's got some pretty uh, some neat stuff on its own here. Not to mention, as far as basics go, we have uh, Forest Breath, the Selby Prime, allowing you to attach extra grass energies, and the um, uh, Illumis. Uh, I can't ever say it right. With the uh, Seer Conduct allowing you to search out Grass Basics. So some definitely some added consistency in here. Um, Connor, do you think this one rounds out the Crobat line? Or, you know, do you see any any way that Shaman itself is a deck? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I don't really think that there's any angle through which Cherim is going to be a deck on its own. Uh, but that's fine. Uh, I, I am... A fan of support lines in cube in general, so I'm pretty happy to see that. But overall, um, Cherim is the kind of card, all, all of them really, uh, are the kind of cards that make me want to build decks. Uh, you know, I, I want to make a deck that uses Cherim as well as possible. So, you know, I want to build a, a Crobat Cherim deck, or I want to build like a, an Arcanine Cherim deck. Um, the same with Shaman Level X. You know, Shaman Level X takes Crobat, which is, you know, on its own, probably not that great, and it, it makes it into a very threatening line. So um, lots of lots of scary things going on with these support lines that turn Crobat into a force. And uh, Cherim is really cool because it can also be paired with a lot of the super powerful fire stuff in the cube. So um, these are going to be pretty high on my pick list. Could just be that I really like to play with strategies like these. Uh, because I do, but they they just stand out as being very powerful to me. Yeah, I, I definitely like the uh, the fact that you can utilize Cherim in different decks besides just one. So 
It's a nice tidbit there. I guess we'll chuck right along uh, into water. Starting with wall rain. Wall rain has to be one of the biggest stage two in uh, stage two line in the cube. All the, all the wall rains have a really high HP threshold, and they have a lot of acceleration options as well. Starting with the one from Hidden Legends, something that probably most people are familiar with is Crush Draw, allowing you to look at the top card of your deck. It's, if it's the basic energy, attach it. If not, you just put it back on top. Works really well with the stage one Celio with power circulation, uh, which you know synergizes because you can have power circulation lets you to add energy from your discard pile on top of your deck. So. You have an engine working there. Something to note though is that sheer cold in this cube is actually slightly buffeter than it is than in, in a normal cube because uh I mean three for fifty, nothing crazy, but uh, you know, auto heads, each uh the defending Pokemon can't attack during your friend's next turn. So you can uh, actually you know force your opponent to have to do like some switch outs there or figure a way out of uh the active or removing the effects there with sheer cold. I don't know if it's the best attack to use, but it is something that is of note that is slightly better. Uh, one that we, the next wall rain, uh, it's actually two of them from Rising Marvels. We talked about this one in the Cracker Pack. Uh, the Gather Ice is the Poke Power. This is once during your turn. When you play wall rain from your hand to evolve on your Pokemon, you may attach as many water energies from your hand as you like to wall rain. Uh, we, this can be really good with, uh, you know, getting, getting this attack into play as fast as possible. Uh, it also works with, like, there's a few other targets that work well with, like, water attacks that could also buff. Uh, we saw Zach Kreckler use this in um in his Q and his uh, PQ deck over the weekend. He used it with uh, Scramble Switch, so he could like gather ice and then Scramble Switch into something like a a Warring EX, which we'll talk about next. So some options there. Also the attack Cold Crush, uh four for seventy. But keep in mind you can accelerate as much energy as you want to this when you put it down. Um, four for seventy. Discard an energy attached to Warring. Discard an energy attached to the defending Pokemon. So. A bit of a tempo card. It has 140 HP, so it's very big, as well as removes an energy. So in cube, like not being able to get ahead on attachments is pretty significant, because uh, then once this takes a knockout, uh, if your opponent had to keep attaching to that one Pokemon to uh, sustain attacks, like you're going to be losing a lot of tempo there. Uh, so Cold Crush actually can be pretty annoying uh, for your opponent to deal with. And then we have Warren X, one of the biggest stage twos in the cube. Uh, it has the Ice Aura Poke Body. As long as Warren EX is your active Pokemon, put one damage counter on the defending Pokemon between turns, excluding water Pokemon. So we saw this actually be really cool on stream where uh, Zach was able to set up basically uh, like a two shot that that would get knocked out between turns with Ice Aura and then use Water Arrow to clean up the extra damage. So Water Arrow is its first attack, uh, Water Colorless. You can choose one Pokemon on your opponent's side and do 40 to it. So it allows you just like to ping damage. It allows you also like again, like I said, if icy arrow or it takes a knockout, you can use uh, water arrow instead to not have this like overflow of damage, which is really cool. And then for four uh, energies, you can use uh, ice throw for eighty. And then the defending Pokemon is a fighting type. The base damage is one hundred and twenty over eighty. So you actually get some extra. You get a lot of extra damage if they're a fighting type. Kind of niche there really comes up with uh, I guess Kabutops would be the the one thing in there. Maybe some Aerodactyls as well. Uh, but I mean, four for eighty. But you're so, but you're such a big Pokemon. It's actually like four for ninety, I guess, because of the uh, the icy aura. But this card's really good just because of how big it is and the fact that you can put on a ton of pressure with a uh, water arrow. And like I said, the Celio line has the power circulation to synergize with the Crestral. So water has a lot of a uh, lot of acceleration there. Uh, I'm gonna pass off to Connor. Want to hear your thoughts on what you think of Wall Raid? I know you said like Crush Draw or Cold Crush might be one of the best attacks in the queue, or that, that card is at least one of the best stage twos. 
Yeah, I do think Gather Ice, Cold Crush, Wall Rain is probably one of the best attackers in the whole cube. Um, 70 damage is a clean two-shot on everything in the cube. Normally, that would be with the exception of Typhlosion EX. However, it has weakness. So it's a clean two-shot on everything in the cube. I, I guess aside from Wall Rain EX itself as well, but um, pretty much everything. Gather Ice also sets up the attack cost really beautifully. It also synergizes incredibly well with, like you said, things like Scramble Switch, but also uh, lines like Starmie. Uh, Starmie with Cosmic Cyclone, you can uh, deal a potentially infinite amount of damage likely once with uh, being able to shuffle as many water energy attached to your Pokemon as you like back into the deck. Uh, you know, Gather Ice synergizes extremely well with something like that. And uh, the Starmie line also has a power called aqua recycle which basically just lets you pick up a water energy from your discard every turn so it's going to be really easy to get some huge gather ice turns in and uh all of that kind of culminates in this gigantic attacker that swings for two shots on everything and is is just really good uh, i think walrene is super strong and uh interestingly enough i think that the crush draw one is probably one of the weaker ones but there are still good ways to take advantage of it with things like that Starmie that can shuffle uh, shuffle energy back into the deck. That's definitely going to be the biggest thing that I look out for in a wall rain deck is, um, you know, you're, you're inevitably going to get a bunch of extra energy into play. How are you going to take advantage of that? And um, I'm sure people will come up with things that I haven't considered. Uh, this is probably like the least studied up I've ever been on uh, our Cube League Cube especially this iteration of it. I've really not been able to look into it that much. I've been very busy lately. So um, my my first take is that Walrein is just a super strong line. A lot of the time it's going to eat three hits before it goes down, which is a huge advantage. And um, being able to two-shot anything in response just puts you at a really nice exchange. Yeah, and then I guess since we're already on the subject, the, the Starmies in this line, you have two Starmies from Rising Rivals with that Aqua Recycle. Once during your turn, you may search your discard pile for your water energy, show it to your opponent, and put it into your hand. Uh, it's just pretty nice, especially when you're trying to ga use uh, Gathering Ice Wall Rain. This allows you to get the energies into your hand that you would need for that. Uh, its attacks are, are decent. Um, psycho, uh, Synchro Gain is very okay. The Starmie and Defending Pokemon have the same amount of energy. Remove 40. It's very fine on 40 HP Pokemon, or 80 HP Pokemon. And it's one for 40 with Powerful Spin. Uh, I think really you're using this for the Poke Power. Uh, the next army is from Heart Gold Soul Silver. It has that Cosmic Cyclone, the one that uh, Connor was talking about before. You can choose as many water energy attached to your Pokemon as you like. And uh, this attack does 20 damage times the amount of energy you choose. Shuffle those back into your deck. So when you use something like Gather Ice, you can attach a bunch of energy in uh, in one in one turn. Uh, basically, just powering up this Cosmic Cyclone to hit the delete button on any on any Pokemon. Now it is a big attack that. It can not be one you can really streamline at every turn, but one that you're probably trying to utilize in one specific turn. And I think that's really uh, that's really the game plan here. Um, so you can use a, utilize this with Wall Rain. And then you have the the one from Legends Awaken. I think this is one of Al's favorite cards, at least in the line. Um, it has the uh, the Star Boomerang, so you can return Starmie to your hand for third one for one water into 30. But then the Core Flash for one Psychic. Uh, you can choose one of your opponent's Pokemon that has a Poke Power Poker Body, and you can do 50 damage to that Pokemon. So, a one energy 50 snipe is actually pretty good, especially because for Psychic Energy, 
And um, there's a lot of other psychic spread cards in the cube. This this could find its way in there for sure. Um, I guess while we're also on the subject, and we can go back to Stormy 2 if, if we need to, uh, Tentacruel is also like a niche line that's in here. It's a 3-2 line. Tentacruel itself, the Tentacle Strike is a free attack from Legends Awaken. Uh, you can search your opponent's discard pile, important note, for up to two energy cards and attach them to, to any of your opponent's Pokemon in any way you like. For each energy attached this way, detect us 20 damage to that Pokemon. So, um, really, we saw this, uh, we saw this brought up using with, like, Lantern, which we'll get to later, that does more, um, uh, attacks for, uh, this, that does damage to a Pokemon with energies attached to it. So that's one way you could use it. You also could utilize it with something like Flare Grunt and maybe attaching it to something like, you know, maybe they have a Delcaddy on the bench. Or maybe they have something that's just like you know, a straight support Pokemon like a Cherubi um, or Cherum. So you could definitely utilize it in that sense. Um, the second attack is Dangerous Poison. That's Water Double Colors for 60. If Tentacruel has less energy attached to it than the defending Pokemon, the defending Pokemon is now paralyzed and poisoned. So... Need effect, but uh, I worry the three cost is a little bit high because a lot of attacks in this cube are for three. The four cost attacks are on a lot of stage twos, but kind of even far between. Uh, so kind of just a neat line here. I know the tentacle has uh, has cowardice, poke power, so it says you can return it to your hand at any point. Kind of just a uh, you know interesting line here. All the all the tentacles are free retreat, and the the, the tentacles are are neat. Um, Connor, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are then, or if you have anything you want to follow up on about Starmie. Uh, so I think Starmie is neat, but I I want it to be more generally applicable than it is. And I think it's generally only going to be useful in uh, some very specific decks, but in those decks it will be very good. So it's not like a deadline by any means, it's just it doesn't have uh, some more of the, the universal applicableness or applicability uh, that some of the other things in the cube do. Uh, it is worth mentioning that it synergizes extremely well with Energy Draw Delcaddy. Uh, it makes Aqua Recycle essentially just redraw three cards, which is very, very good. Um, Tentacruel, I am not sure about. Uh, I could definitely see somebody finding out a way to use this card very well, take advantage of the energy attached from the discard onto the opponents, uh, the spread, the attack is definitely going to be more of a, a niche thing against high attack cost Pokemon, but it, it will come up for sure. Um, but I'm not totally sold on the Tentacruel myself yet, just because it's a pretty tremendous tempo disadvantage to attach energy to your opponent's Pokemon for free for them. Even though they do take 20 damage each, I think you would need to do something like 30 damage each for it to be like a really good card. So as it stands, it's it's a, just an interesting card, and maybe somebody will come up with something really devastating to do with it. But I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh... Yeah, I'm with you. It, it's something that maybe if you if you can find something like, like maybe the lantern combo could work. Um, but it's not something I think I'm, I'm taking early. Um, it, if someone can find a good strategy with it, though, it's probably pretty open. Uh, I guess I would I would assume so. So. Um, something to I guess look at. Um, I guess something we haven't talked about yet is that there actually is a few Pokemon in here that are without evolutions. So we have a Swampert and a Blastoise in here that actually have no uh previous stages, and that's because uh they're meant to be used with Archie's Ace in the Hole, of which there are two copies of. Um, and that is we have the first card is our Water Call Swampert. Uh, basically from the you can attach an extra Water Energy. 
uh, to your active Pokemon, turn your hand, uh, nice acceleration engine. Uh, and then we have Digwell Blastoise from Platinum. That Digwell, once in your turn, you may look at the top three cards, choose as many water energies you like, and attach them to your Pokemon any way you like, discard uh, the other card. So um, the the power is a bit aggressive, uh, especially in cube. So, but the uh, the other attacks are actually really nice. The Aqua Press does 20 plus 10 for each water energy attached to all your Pokemon, both yours and opponent. If you're playing something like a Crestral Engine, or the gather ice this can add up very quickly um and you only really need to be doing like about maybe even like a hundred so getting like uh you know getting some more of those energies into play having a big board up with like options can be really nice but really i think the double launcher is one of the best things so double launcher water water double colorless discard two energy attached to blastoise choose two of your opponent's pokemon and do 60 to each of them so this can be something super aggressive you can use especially if your opponent is still setting up or if your opponent has a very weakened board state and you can uh, knock out some evolving basics, uh, double launcher can be super oppressive. But uh, Connor, do you think, uh, I don't know how, how long you've had to look at these cards or really weigh the options. Do you think maybe is it worth going for an Archie strat like this? Uh, short answer is I don't know. Uh, sure. It's not something that I've really had the opportunity to experiment with and I would consider it very high risk as a deck builder. That said, it might be very possible for it to come together. Uh, I haven't really done the level of experimentation with this cube as I normally get to before events, so I, I'm I'm not sold, but I'm not saying that it's bad. And I could definitely see people putting together some very nice ways to get cards like these together. Um, there are cards like Night Teleporter that make reducing your hand to one and making that one card, the Archies or Maxis, very reliable. But then you run into the problem of getting the Pokemon into your discard in the first place. And I think that's a pretty big task a lot of, uh, in a lot of cases. So I'm not sure how good they are. I do think Blastoise and Swampert are worth it. Blastoise is a phenomenal attacker and it has a really nice power as well. Uh, dig well, especially if you're going to be able to recover some of those cards. You know, obviously you don't want to discard your most important line <laughs> pieces, but I have played dig well in cube before, and I've actually enjoyed it quite a bit, uh, especially with some of the stacking things that you can do with uh, Celio and Delcaddy. And then um, Swampert is just some very nice energy acceleration, you know, getting an extra water in play every single turn. Uh, I, I don't think that it is super reasonable to go for like a multicolored energy acceleration setup. I could see something like Swampert and maybe Kabutops that really benefits from getting an extra turn uh, or, or reducing an extra turn off of all of its attacks. Um, you also can no longer start with um, non-Dome Fossil Pokemon. And I would assume in this cube you'll, you'll have to put at least one non-Fossil basic in your deck. but. In case you don't, um, that can be a really nice way to, you know, make sure you start with Dome Fossil and then you still have Swampert because you do like to start with Dome Fossil and deck like that. Either way, I don't know the best way to use it necessarily, but I think they both have a lot of potential and I wouldn't be surprised to see people pull them off. Yeah, and that's why I think that's what I'm interested to see over this weekend to see what uh, what people do with these kind of decks. I already see people starting to experiment with them, so. That's a nice thing with every every cube draft. I feel like the meta changes, so we will see Archie's decks change how uh, how they were built last time to the next draft. So you'll have to keep an eye out. But definitely some creative uses you can make out of them for sure. Uh, moving on to Fire, Fire our stage two line is Typhlosion here. Typhlosion has a lot of acceleration, although it also has a lot of just big attacks. 
So the first two Typhlosion are from Neo Genesis with the fire charge. Uh, so you can basically attach. So once we're sharing, flip a coin. If heads, attach a fire energy for your discard pile to one of your fire Pokemon. So uh, it, important note, it only starts the fire Pokemon, but it can be used with uh, other other Typhlosions, Arcanine, some of the big basics. Um, and then the attack, Flame Burst, flip a coin. If heads, 60 plus 20 more damage. And uh, Typhlosion does 20 damage to itself. So uh, you could do four for 80, although you do take a hit. Um uh, Keep in mind, he only has 100 HP, so it's going to be tight. you got to plan out strategically. Um, the other two are from Neo Genesis, I think. Uh, yeah, the Neo Genesis as well. The uh, power is called Fire Boost. When you play Typhlosion in your hand, flip a coin. If heads, search your deck for four fire energies, attach them to the Typhlosion, shuffle your deck afterwards. And then you have Flame Wheel, four for 80. Uh, discard three energies, attach to Typhlosion, or to use this attack. And then you do 20 to each bench Pokemon, yours as well. So... It can be uh, kind of a costly spread attack that uh, softens up other Pokemon on the bench, although you do soften yourself up too, so you do have to plan strategically around this card. Um, but, you know, the fact that you can accelerate that in one turn, not not the worst. And then you have Typhlosion EX from Standstorm. Uh, 3 for 40. Uh, defending Pokemon now burn and can't retreat, so maybe this is something you can utilize uh, early when you're trying to, like, Pressure your opponent into uh, maybe getting a knockout on some maybe like a support Pokemon, or maybe you're also um, turning off an important power with burn, but then also not letting them get out of the burn because they can't retreat. Uh, something like that. Although it is old burn, so they do have to flip heads, and this is a coin flip that does matter uh, to actually take the damage. So uh, keep that in mind. And it's the last attack four or sorry five five energy triple fire double colorless for split blast for a hundred. Scar one energy attached to Typhlosion EX if your opponent has more than one defending Pokemon, which isn't really the case because it's not a dual Pokemon. We do 50. So it's really uh, five for 100, discard one. Um, so I'm not the highest on the Typhlosion line. Uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it, Connor. I'm pretty not sold on Typhlosion. I thought it was a really threatening line when Typhlosion EX from Unseen Forces was in because that card on its own is just insane. And that card also buys you time um, to set up some other stuff. Whereas now, I don't really feel like any of the Typhlosions are great attackers, except for the EX. But the EX has extremely heavy attack costs. And the, to get the heavy attack costs going, you need energy acceleration from other Typhlosions. So it's like a multiple stage two kind of setup. And I don't know if the payoff is really there. I know JL did well with it over the weekend, but it had that Unseen Forces Typhlosion, and that really makes the line tremendously better. So yeah. I'm skeptical on this. This is the line that I would see being fairly likely to change before the event itself, um, because there are still things that could change between the time this episode's recorded and the time the cube fires on this weekend. Um, as it stands, I could definitely be proven wrong, but... Um, I don't see either, or I don't see any of the Typhlosions being good enough to um, make me want to play them over some of the other lines we've discussed. I mean, Crobat and Walrein are just so powerful comparatively. Yeah, I think the only thing to note here, I don't know if it makes Typhlosion that much better, but um, the Fire Boost one that discards three and does twenty everywhere. You can reduce that damage on your side with the uh, with the Cherim that reduces ten. Granted, it's only to fire Pokemon, so that's like one thing you could do, but 
I think the fact that you need double flame recharge uh, Typhlosion to like keep the board state makes it kind of tough to have like an also a stage one out there. <laughs> um, that's like the only like neat thing I think you use that you can use it with Cherum. But um, when we get to Arcanine, I think Arcanine kind of uh, outclasses Typhlosion a bit in like the acceleration department. That you can't do with other lines, um, particularly looking at Bolt and Tay. Whenever it takes damage, unless it gets knocked out, um, essentially you can choose whether you want to shuffle it back into your deck. And that can synergize pretty well with Typhlosion just because it's like, well, if your opponent can't one-shot Entei, then you just get a free scoop up and you get a whole bunch of free attacks over the course of the game because of it. I just don't think it's worth it, though. I don't think it's a worthwhile trade-off. There are plenty of lines that can deal the 80 damage that does one-shot Entei, and... Um, even plenty of lines that can deal the 90 damage that one shots Ente with Cherim in play. So I, I just don't see the payoff for Typhlosion, yeah. especially compared to uh, the Arcanine line, which we're going to talk about next. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into Arcanine. So Arcanine, the first one we're going to talk about is from Secret Wonders. It has Flame Dash. So once during your turn, you play Arcanine from your hand to evolve on your bench Pokemon. You may switch Arcanine with, with your active Pokemon. If you do, remove any number of energies attached to uh, that Pokemon to Arcanine. So... Pretty much like, a, like an auto scramble switch uh, when you evolve, which can be quite nice. Uh, and then it's attack uh, Inferno Onrush for four energies. It's double fire, double colorless, does 120. And then Arcanine does 40 damage to itself. So it does leave itself with 60 HP, but it's such a big attack. Inferno Onrush doing 120. It's one of the biggest attacks, I think, in the cube. Uh, it's on a stage one. So you can buff that with, uh, with well, there's actually a lot of damage mods you can buff that with to really take a knockout on stuff, even like uh, Wall Rain. Which talk about one of the biggest Pokemon, um, but just come at a price. You are sacrificing four, uh, uh, four energies on this guy if he doesn't get knocked out. But uh, if you can play this, if you can play this right. You can actually, if you can get more than one Inferno Onrush down, you're probably in a really good spot. Uh, the other Arcanines we have, uh, we have two from Sky Ridge. So uh, this one has the Poke Power of Energy Recharge. When you play Arcanine from your hand to evolve your active uh, to your active Pokemon. You can flip three coins. For each heads, choose a basic energy card for your discard pile and attach to Arcanine. So a really nice acceleration energy here. Also works really well with that flame dash. Uh, its first attack is shake. Your opponent switches the defending Pokemon with one of their bench, if any, doing 10 damage. And the second attack, uh, three for 70. Discard all fire energies attached to Arcanine. So uh, it's got a really fast ability that uh, you can put down um, and it can be pretty aggressive. Uh, and then you have the EX which is just an overall great card. Um, has the Pokey Body Fire Remedy. Whenever you attach a Fire Energy from your hand to Arcanine EX, remove one damage counter in all special conditions. So, good way to heal off this tanky Pokemon. And then its attacks are also just really nice. Uh, Overrun, which is a Fire Colorless, 30 damage, then 20 damage to one of your Pokemon's bench. Uh, good way to, uh, when you're starting to set this guy up, to so soften up a lot of your most Pokemon, make really make the second attack do uh, a lot more damage. So, uh, the second attack, Flame Swirl, 100 damage, discard two fire energies, or one react. I don't think there's any react energies in the cube. So, three for 100. Uh, pretty nice, actually. Usually, I think three for 80 is, like, the, the on-par rate. But, like, three for 100, pretty nice. Even if it's on a two-price Pokemon, um, I think the Arcanine X is just really nice. Uh, the thing really cool about fire that I guess we haven't touched yet is the burning energies can work really well with this line because... Uh, if you discard burning energy, it uh, accelerates itself back. So if you use, let's just say, white flame and discard two burnings, you would, you would not, you would actually only have to discard uh, one energy, assuming they were all fire. So 
Uh, Arcanine's got some neat tricks. Um, Connor, I know this is like, uh, we talked about this one before. It's kind of like the more uh, aggressive fire option here. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, so Arcanine, uh, in its current state, um, you know, take this with a grain of salt just because I would say solid chance something in this arrangement changes by the weekend. But um, in its current state, Arcanine just strikes me as, as a superior Typhlosion. Um, you have a higher damage cap that is easier to set up. So Typhlosion EX, of course, very hard to deal with. It has 160 HP and it doesn't damage itself, but five for 100 and discard one versus four for 120 with Flame Dash sets itself up. Uh, and of course it does damage itself, which is a significant downside, but you, you don't have to go into that Pokemon. You can use it um, as, a, as a one shot option. The energy recharge Arcanines have an extremely powerful power in energy recharge, just evolve, get three fires back. Um, and it is actually a basic energy. It's not even fire. So for example, if you have a, a non-fire energy in your discard, you can attach that and then white flames will only discard two energy. You know, if you have like one burning or what a way to accelerate a single fire, maybe a Typhlosion in play, then um, Arcanine is, is going to be really good. Uh, and then the Arcanine EX is just a powerhouse. We've seen it time and again, this card being extremely, extremely good in cube. I would expect it to be exactly the same in this cube. Um, overrun 30 and 20 snipe for two energy and flame swirl being three for a hundred. Um, there are tons of ways to get energy in play, although not a ton of ways to get energy onto Arcanine EX itself. But you know, if you pair it with a single fire recharge Typhlosion, then it's gonna be very easy to get those energy in play. And uh, I do think that Arcanine is one of the best lines in the cube, probably probably the single best line in the cube to uh, utilize Cherim with, because it is pretty light on space. You don't need a lot of other things other than Arcanine to make Arcanine work. And, uh, and that opens up your bench and your deck for uh, just a ton of really powerful support in the Cherim line, giving you both damage and uh, damage block. So Inferno Onrush suddenly leaves you with 70 HP. If your opponent can't deal, you know, they have to deal 80 to, to knock that out. Then you get two Inferno Onrushes instead of one, which is game changing. Uh, in addition, it brings up your White Flames damage cap to like 90, which is dramatically better than 70. Uh, you know, e every single... 10 damage you can add in this cube is, is totally game changing. And then uh, the EX Flame Swirl at 100 is an excellent attack, and then being able to go up to 120 just brings so many more things into your one shot range. So uh, I, I think Arcanine is a very nice line in this cube. Um, I think it's been successful thus far, but not overwhelmingly. I don't think it's broken by any means. I just think that it uh, it really shows off why Typhlosion's not great. Um, yeah. it, it basically does the same thing but better and, and for less deck space yeah I think um, like that's something I definitely expect Typhlosion to maybe getting adjusted I'm not saying it will but I, I think it might just because of the uh, the uh, the fact that Arcanine kind of just does what it does but a little bit better but um, you know Typhlosion does have things to bring to the table but the Arcanine definitely fairly aggressive moving right along here something we talked about in the beginning was the Jolteon line uh, which is actually pretty interesting although uh, Looking at Keep Guy, I think the other Jolteon is on the bottom here. But there are two Jolteons with Undevelop, uh, which is a really neat ability that allows you to uh, basically devolve itself uh, during your turn. Um, we also have uh, so Quick Attack for one, one for 40, essentially. It's actually, looking at that, that's actually really nice. 
140 is pretty uh, pretty above average. And then you have Evolving Thunder, 2 for 50. Jolteon Evolve this turn. You do 10 damage to each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. Works really well with the undeveloped uh, Poke Power. Next, we have the EX with Evolutionary Thunder. Uh, lets you put one damage counter on each of your opponent's Pokemon. You have Second Bite, uh, um, Lightning Colorless, 20 damage plus 10 to each of your opponent's, uh, for each damage counter on your opponent's Pokemon. I think that's, I mean, obviously you're doing a lot of spread damage here, so um, Second Bite can come in. Pretty clutch here, and then we have Thunder Blast for 70. Uh, it's a, a lightning double colorless discard, uh, a lightning energy attached to Jolteon EX. So, pretty easy, spammable attack for retreat. Uh, it is a two bright Pokemon, but 100 HP is nothing to scoff at. And it kind of an interesting one that stuck its way in here is Umbreon EX, uh, one of the most uh, dangerous uh, stage one that we've, we've seen because it just has the amazing Poke Power, it's Dark, uh, Dark Ur Ring. Uh, darker ring. Once during your turn, uh, when you play Umbreon EX, you can, uh, um, when you evolve, you may switch the opponent's bench Pokemon with the defending. Basically, like, like Rock DX. I mean, it's just free gusts. It's so strong. You also have access to Black Cry. It's first attack for just colors energy. If any Pokemon can't retreat or use any Poke powers, I mean, you can basically bring up something like a Claydol or a Delcaddy, uh, and shut it off and just basically slowly chip it away. Darkness Fame, uh, Dark DC for 60. Uh, I mean, it's pretty nice, but I think Darker Ring, obviously, one of the best uh, ways to go into it. Um, are there any thoughts on, like, just the Jolteon online in general, or, like, how you see this maybe interacting in the cube with some of the spread? The Evolution line is just so versatile and powerful. Um, every single one of them has insane usefulness in tons and tons of different decks. You know, we talked about versatility with Crobat. Jolteon has exactly the same thing. Very light energy requirements, very powerful, efficient attacks. Evolving Thunder is excellent both in spread and just to set up numbers for other decks. And um, same with Evolutionary Thunder. Sets up spread for spread archetypes, but it also fixes your damage for other decks. So uh, I would be very happy to put Jolteon in almost anything in the cube. And, uh, and it, it works very well in any deck where you don't specifically want to fill your bench with some kind of support like Cherim. Uh, so... And even even I could see it working alongside like Crobat and Cherub. Uh, so it's a tricky one to say exactly what the best way to play it is just because it's so good in so many decks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can definitely mix and match and you can come up with your own strategies with it as well. We were right along. It's another versatile Pokemon. It's a Lantern line. Uh, we have two Lanterns from Legends Awakening here with Energy Split. So for one light energy, you do 30 damage to each of your opponent's Pokemon that have any energy attached to them. We talked about that working with kind of with the tentacle line. And then second attack, Aqua Bolt, Lightning, DCE, 60 damage, plus 10 for each water energy attached to this Pokemon. So if the attack cost, if you have Lightning, double water, you're actually doing a three for 80, which I think is pretty much on par. Um, kind of a neat attack here. Lots of spread options. I mean, even just like the 30 snipe somewhere is quite good. So very neat Pokemon there. And then we have the Power Keeper's Lantern with energy grounding. It's basically um uh an exp share so whenever your opponent's knocked that when your opponent knocks out a pokemon on your side and it has energy to it you can move it over to lantern and it's uh, attack lightning strike lightning lightning colorless you may discard all lightning energies to attach the lantern and it does 90 instead of 50 so a really good way efficient way to boost it up with ground uh, energy grounding and then you get a nice threat on the bench and then we have the last one here from unleash uh with confuse ray one light energy flip a coin of heads the defending pokemon's not confused so auto confusion then we have reflect energy uh, for lightning DCE, 60 damage, and then move an energy attached to lantern uh, to one of your bench Pokemon. So, um, I mean, like we've seen energy split work before. Uh, we saw it in over over in the P Cube series. Uh, energy grinding is obviously. I I, I kind of I think you've talked about this one. Just kind of like, like a free hit. You said. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I would say the only lantern that really doesn't blow me away is the the unleashed one. Sure. Um, but we have seen auto confuse attacks on cheap costs be very powerful, like when Espeon GX was in the meta. Um, confuse ray is literally the same attack. It's attack. It's just ten less damage. So um, it, I could very easily see that ending up being more powerful than I expect. But right now, I don't see it being super strong. Uh, but I will say that uh, the energy split lantern is so so powerful. Um, worst case it is one for 30 because your opponents are not going to have you know zero energy on board if they have zero energy on board you're probably pretty happy with that uh so that's that's at worst at best you're probably getting like one for 90 which on a stage one on any pokemon in this queue would be absolutely nuts and on a stage one especially it's, it's just crazy uh, and then aquabolt has a ton of potential just to uh to deal great damage it taking water energy also does lend itself well to synergies with things like tentacruel but honestly i could just play water energy in in like a straight lightning deck and uh be perfectly happy with that because uh especially in tandem with things like thunder mountain aquabolt could be as much as two for 80 on a stage one which is just nuts with with no downside um energy grounding of course is a free attack at some point in the game at worst uh, at best, you have ways to move the energy off and take advantage of it with other Pokemon, uh, things like Arcanine, Scramble Switch, and uh, and then you can actually take advantage of that multiple times in a game. But at the very worst worst case, and this is a pretty good worst case, uh, you get a free attacker that can deal 90 damage once a game. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of the Lantern line. Uh, just like Jolteon, I think Lightning has some great Pokemon in this cube. I think the most difficult part about it is just going to be piecing together cohesive lightning deck because the the cards do work together but you have a lot of common weaknesses of course they're all weak to fighting um you're you're probably going to fold the kabu tops pretty hard and uh, in addition to that i think you're going to see a lot of competition for pretty much all of your pokemon um all the lanterns are good in lots of different decks all the jolteons and Umbreon are very good in lots of different decks. So I don't think you're going to be able to turn this into a deck realistically. And I don't know if that's the best way to play it either. I think it's probably best off paired with other things that can really take advantage of some of the things that they do. But uh, Lantern, I, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, so watch out for Lightning. Lightning definitely has, I think, a lot of potential. Uh, moving on uh, into Psychic. Uh, I'm going to pause on the unknowns. We can come back to those later just because um, there's a lot of them to dig into. Uh, I'm going to cover the uh, the stage one lines first. I'm going to cover Mismagius and Slowking together because they do have a little bit of playoff. Um, Mismagius, obviously, on its own, we have the uh, the two from uh, Unleash here with Magical Trans. We talked about in the Cracker Pack. Let you uh, move a Psychic Energy attached to one of your Pokemon to another. And the, the Psychic Pulse, 30 plus 10 to each of your bench Pokemon with damage counters on them. Really nice spread attack. Also, can utilize in a lot of other Psychic strategies. We talked about Unknown Y. Um, we also have the uh, Crash Chant, which is uh, works... In like more of a tool drop kind of sense where you choose four and any combination of four tool cards uh or technical machines uh attached to your uh you and your opponent's pokemon each 20 damage for each discarded uh that's actually a free attack you don't have to touch any energy to use it as well as you have four chant just like a colorless 40 damage and if you have your opponent has four or more bench pokemon you can choose one of them and return all cards attached to, to your opponent's hand so uh it's pretty much just like a, a way to disrupt your opponent and you can if your opponent has something that maybe it's like they've been trying to set up on the bench or maybe like it's a powerful draw pokemon and you want to be able to slow them down you can uh, use that attack I, I think the crash chance definitely the reason why you want to use this though the free attack the free tool attack uh being able to get uh tools into play and discarding them can be really nice then we have the last one from platinum the upper hand choose one of your opponent's attacks that can't use that anymore for the next turn 
Uh, so it's one for 30, and then we have one uh, Psybeam for Psychic Double Colorless for 60, and then Auto Confusion. So another Auto Confusion one. Uh, so Mosmagius has a little bit of spread options, but it kind of works with it. the one from um, Stormfront kind of combos with some of the Slow Kings that I want to get into now. So we have the, the Slow King line. We have two Dark Slow Kings uh, from uh, Team Rocket Returns as the Poke Power Cunning. Let's you look at the top deck of your opponent. Uh, let you look at your opponent's uh, top deck, and you can choose to shuffle it. So uh, it's not really a locking card, but it is kind of just a way to get gain knowledge. And then litter, which is the main attack, uh, psychic colas. Uh, you can discard any number of combinations of Pokemon tool cards or Rocket Secret machines uh, from your hand. If you do this, attack is twenty plus thirty more for each you, that you discard. So damage cap about eighty. The nice thing about this is that it's a dark psychic type. So not only can you use stuff like D Valley, you also can use stuff like Dark. Darkness energy um, to buff the damage. So this plus like maybe Giovanni's scheme or uh, even like uh, Iris can get to be some really nuts numbers for just one energy. So something I like to keep an eye on. And then also the other looking from Unseen Forces with item search. So once during your turn, you may search your deck for a tool card, show it to your opponent, put it in your hand, shuffle your deck afterwards. Uh, it's just, you know, it's like consistency, getting yourself more of those tool cards in your hands. Kind of, one of the hardest things with this deck. And then you have Aftermath, 20 damage plus 10 for each Pokemon tool card in your discard pile. You can't add more than 16 this way. So if you have four tool cards in your discard pile, this is just uh, two for 80 or one for 80 with the uh, Dimension Valley in play. So uh, I know I kind of ran through a lot of the uh, those Pokemon there. Uh, Connor, what are you, any thoughts on the Psychic lines in general? So I think the the sloking line is really neat. Uh, you get a lot of really nice damage for not a lot of energy. Uh, it does take some setup, but item search gets you there really cleanly. So big fan of that. The big downside there is going to be that it, it has such a low health total on both of them. So 80 and 70 HP are pretty much within one shot range for every line in the cube. And, uh, and you're going to feel that. It's, it's going to be difficult to make trades with people. So while Sloking is going to have these really scary aggressive starts, I don't think as a standalone deck it's going to be able to... Uh, take as many wins as something that has a higher cap. I don't even know what you would pair Sloking with just because it's so space intensive with tools. So I don't know, it's tricky. I could see Sloking being very good in maybe a highly disruptive build, something that has lots of judge or something like that. But otherwise, um, I, I think it's going to come out the gate really fast and then kind of peter off in the later game. Uh, Miss Magius. The Magical Trans one is an insanely good card, um, especially in spread decks, but even in non-spread decks with like the unknown Y acceleration engine, getting an extra energy out of the deck into play every turn is really nice. Um, and, uh, and one for 30 and 10 spread, if you have some way to synergize with that is nuts. The last Miss Magius is okay. Uh, it's nothing incredible, but it's not terrible. And then the Stormfront is Magius. I... Crash Chant is not going to be a good attack in the tool decks. Uh, it, it has... It, it counter synergizes because the Sloking line really wants the tools in your discard or in your hand and Crash Chant wants them in play and those don't synergize. Uh, they, they work very actively against each other. So. The archetype that I think you're going to see Miss Magius in is, is something maybe disruptive or um, maybe you're playing Crash Chant for tool removal on your opponent's side and you also have kind of a tool sub theme going on in your deck and then Horror Chant just gets in there and shuffles back like your opponent's biggest threat and then they're, they're just in a terrible spot. I can see Horror Chant really being 
a devastating attack in, in some games. So Miss Magius, very powerful line, not useful maybe in the way that it initially seems. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Also worth noting that the Mischievous with Dark Spell can be really good with spread just because it has uh, once during your turn, uh, this is your active Pokemon, you flip a coin of heads, put one damage counter on one of your opponent's Pokemon. So those are some neat things that synergize. Obviously, a lot of other spread attacks you can use with this. So, But but I, I definitely agree. Um, moving on forward, going right into fighting. Uh, actually, I guess I guess you can't act as a fighting stage one. Yeah, yeah it did discount. Uh, but uh, Kabutops is our stage two uh, fighting line here. Uh, starting with Chop Up from Majestic Dawn. Uh, this Pokemon is the active Pokemon. Your opponent can't play any trainer cards. So um, I believe, is it from the era that this is defined in? So would it just be items in this case? Or is it item and supporter? Or sorry, item and stadiums? Yeah, which is still great. Uh, chop Up, uh, Fighting, Fighting Colors for 70 10 damage to each your opponent's pokemon bench pokemon with damage counters on it so uh can be nice if you're using some of the other kabutops attacks with the rock slide um the next one we're looking at is from power keepers uh it's primal stare as long as this pokemon's your active pokemon your opponent can't play any basics or evolution cards from his hand to evolve their active pokemon um so uh kind of nice way to slow them down lauren aura Fighting colorless, 20 damage. Before uh, before doing damage, you can choose one of your opponent's bench Pokemon, switch it with their defending Pokemon, and do 20 to that Pokemon instead. And you have Blinding Scythe, 3 energies, Fighting Fighting Colorless for 60. The next one we're looking at here is from Arceus. There's two of them. It's the Primal Scythe uh, Kabutops. Primal Scythe, 1 energy, 20 damage. Plus, you may discard a Helix Fossil, Dome Fossil, or Old Amber Fossil from your hand. If you do this, does 50 more damage, so you're doing 70 total Second attack, rock slide, uh, fighting, double colorless, uh, 60. Uh, then you do 10 damage to two of your opponent's Pokemon. So, uh, nice spread attack there. Also worth noting that the uh, Kabutos, the evolution line, there's two with uh, revive friends that allow you to well, flip a coin, uh, search if head, search your deck for a, a card named Kabutos and put it on your bench. So, we saw this on stream. You actually do have a sort of a chain reaction going where you can go... Kabutops, Revive Friends, Revive Friends into Ancient Guidance, which is the other Kabuto. It says once you're in turn, you may flip a coin of heads to your deck for a Helix Fossil and put it on your bench. So you can basically set up three Kabutos and a Helix Fossil that can evolve next turn in one turn, assuming none of it's surprised. Um, so kind of a neat line here. Connor, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on Kabutops. Uh, I'm not... It's tricky because at first glance, I thought the line was absolutely insane. And granted, the last time I looked at it, it did have a three energy 100 attack Kabutops that is no longer in the cube, which is good, I think. <laughs> I think it's good for the health. But um, Chop Up is a very okay attack unless you have something like Jolteon. And then it's a nuts attack. Um, 70 to your opponent's active and 10 to their whole bench is just devastating, especially if you've already dealt 10 damage. It starts to get up to 20, and then if you get it off more than once, which you most likely will because Kabutops has a lot of health, get up to 30, even 40, and, and then you start just one-shotting everything. So um, Kabutops really threatening. Of course, Primal Shell being super powerful in lots of cases. This deck has really good item quality, and uh, your opponent's not being able to play them is going to be pretty devastating in some cases. I don't know how much I love the Luring Antenna Binding Scythe Kabutops. It seems... It seems kind of uh, kind of weak for a stage two, but too strong for a stage one. Um, the body isn't really anything too special. 
Luring antenna, of course, can be nice, but eh. And then um, the Primal Scythe Rock Slide one is the one that I have the hardest time evaluating because it doesn't have that many fossils to actually power it up. You have four dome fossils and two old ambers, and that's it. And I don't believe there are any ways to recover them. If there are, there are not very many. So you basically have, you know, like two, three primal sides in a game. Um, you, you might be able to stretch that up to five, but uh, you're probably going to need to take advantage of some of the unearth in Aerodactyl, and that'll get a little bit trickier. So primal side, I mean, as many times you can deal one for 70 is really good. Because 70 damage is a two shot on pretty much everything in this cube. Uh, even, even some fringe one shots, but that's going to be pretty rare. So... Uh, I don't know. I think Kabutops is kind of hard for me to evaluate, and um, if you don't get pretty much all the dome fossils and old ambers, you're going to be in a sad spot, which is what makes me hesitate on the line. But if you do get them all, it's going to be really strong. Yeah, we saw that on stream, though, where it's like, I think it was Weiss and Ice got like, uh, basically the fossil dream. Like, they had like both old amber and then like four dome fossils. So, like, if you get into like that kind of situation, which I don't think is too likely. Like then I feel like the the primal scythe can be pretty consistent, but yeah, I do agree though. Like you, you do gotta like make sure like you have like enough like ammo to be able to fire that attack when you need it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just how how reliable is having the ammo gonna be? Mm -hmm. How many fossils is gonna be realistic to get? Like, I I would really like to see the fossil count maybe bumped up by one or two. Uh, maybe like one for each of the fossil lines. I think that would be good. It would be good for the health of the the lines. Um, and it would also be good for consistency purposes. Because I, I don't think you should make Primal Scythe extremely consistent. Because one for 70 over and over is going to be nuts. But um, making it kind of unrealistic to use more than a couple of times. I don't know. It makes building the deck kind of feel bad. Now the real the real move is using it with unknown J, right? That lets you put a poke, a card on top of your deck or into your hand, and then you and you play with AZ. <laughs> that's that's the play, right? <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but you know, I I could always see the fossil count could probably be a little bit bigger, but um, yeah, I I think the only issue is that like primal stare. I don't think it's enough to like it's it's like if primal scythe is inconsistent, then I don't think primal rounds out the line. You know what I mean when I say that? Yeah, it, I don't know. It's just not quite there. Right. But um, we'll have to see. Uh, there is another there another test. There'll be another test run between the time this gets recorded and the time it goes up. So something could change. Or, you know, uh, who's to say? But let's move on forward. Uh, the next line, actually, I'm very excited to talk about is the Aerodactyl line. Aerodactyl is one of my favorite Pokemon, so I do love uh, when I see it in cube. Uh, Aerodactyl, the first one we talked about in the Cracker Pack, it would have been Connor's pick in our in our Cracker Pack, and that is the one from Dark Explorers. So Aerodactyl with the Ancient Scream, your po your Pokemon's attacks do 10 more damage to the active Pokemon, so it's just basically a, a free extra plus power every turn. And it's attack 4 for, uh, or three, 3 for wing attack, 40 damage. Uh, the next one we see here is the Primal Claw. This one's actually a colorless Aerodactyl, uh, worth noting. Uh, Primal Claw is a Poke Body. says, after your opponent uses a Poke Power, put two damage counters on that Pokemon. Very similar to, like, the, uh, the Shifter EX that was, uh, originally taken out of this cube. Uh, and then DCE Supersonic for 30. Flip a coin of heads, auto-confusion. So, 
That's pretty nice. And then we have two of the Arceus Aerodactyls with Unearth. Once during your turn, you may search your deck for a Helix Fossil, Dome Fossil, Old Amber. Show it to your opponent, put it into your hand, and then you can shuffle your deck afterwards. Uh, this is pretty much a engine to get the uh, the fossils consistently uh, streamlined with the Kabutops. And then we have the attack, Hyper Beam, flip a coin of heads, discard an, uh, 30 damage, discard an energy attached to your uh, defending Pokemon. So uh, some disruption effects there. So, um, like, Connor, how do you think the, the Aerodactyls are pretty splashable among decks? I know you do take the, uh, the Ancient Scream one right away. Yeah, Ancient Scream and Primal Claw are, are really nuts. And I'd probably try to play them in anything that I could possibly find the bench space for. Um, Unearth is just going to be good in specifically Kabu Tops. And there it is pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm actually a little bit uh, worried for the, the overall strength of Ancient Scream and Primal Claw. And uh, it could be that we see those removed by the time the weekend comes around if we see them do very well on Wednesday. I don't know. I honestly think that those cards might just need to go out of hand. Um, it's way too easy to get into them with six Holon Fossils in the cube, and they have tremendous upsides. So I, I don't know exactly what the solution will be, and I don't know exactly how good it is, but um, it definitely... Definitely is worth your consideration, at the very least. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I won't harp on the maxi targets for too long, but just to mention them, you have the uh, territorial uh, Needle King. So if your active Pokemon is damaged by an attack, I put damage two damage counters on the attacking Pokemon, and you have Fling Away three for sixty. If your opponent has any bench Pokemon, uh, this text base damage is thirty instead of sixty, and you thirty to the bench. And then you have Gigahorn, which says I four energy cost. 100 damage, uh, flip two coins, if tails, it does nothing. So very much four for 100. Then you have, obviously, your great encounters, Claydol, a cosmic power. I'm pretty sure everyone knows what that is by now. You can put two cards on your hand on the bottom of your deck, uh, in the order, and then draw until you have six cards. So you pretty much can use maxis for, like, either territorial, which is going to put a lot of damage on your opponent's Pokemon over the course of a game, or one of the best consistency engines in the, uh, you know, entirety of the game is Claydol, so... Nothing a whole lot to really dive into here. Um, so we'll just move right along into the newest line into the cube, which is Sharpedo, which is our one of our actually two Dark Stage ones here. So Sharpedo, uh, really recent addition here. The first one we have is from Secret Wonders with Rough Skin. Uh, Sharpedo is your active Pokemon and is damaged by an opponent's attack. Put two damage counters on the attacking Pokemon. It's attack for a, a water double colorless 60 plus. If the defending Pokemon has two or more damage counters on it, this attack does 20 more damage. Uh, this attack isn't affected by weakness, resistance, bodies, or any other effects on your opponent's Pokemon. So I don't know what uh, stall effects would work on this, but um, it, it is kind of nice with the uh, the body here. The next one we have is from Rising Rivals. It says, uh, Energy Shark, if Sharpedo's reactive Pokemon is damaged by an opponent's uh, attack, uh, flip a coin, if heads, discard an energy attached to the attacking Pokemon. Um, and then we have uh, its first attack is Crunch for a Dark Colas. If this attack does damage to the defending Pokemon, um, if an attack does damage to the defending Pokemon, that attack does 40 damage uh, to that Pokemon until the end of your next turn. So, on the next turn, it would do you do more damage. Um, and then we have just a plain uh, 60 damage uh, Sharp Fang for Psych or Psychic Dark Dark Double Colorless. Um, so there's two of the Energy Shark in there, and then we have one of the Aqua Search. Once you turn, you may search for a Team Aquas Pokemon reel it put into your hand. All the Carvanas themselves are Team Aquas, so you can search all your basics. And it has a clean uh, 
Dark Double Colorless for 70. Um, so this was one of the recent lines added. I don't know. We haven't really had a ton of time to look at it, but Condor, any initial thoughts, anything that stands out to you about this line? Sharpedo is interesting. Uh, I, it's in a weird spot where it kind of has high attack costs. Um, you know, three energy is going to be a little bit difficult to get to in some cases, just because there's not a ton of ways to get dark energy in play. Really, I don't think there are any, but it takes a lot of colorless uh, energy requirements, so you can uh, you can accelerate with other stuff. The upside is that you get some really nice damage out of your energy, um, and you have some really nice bodies going on too. So I think Sharpedo can probably trade above rate and, and you're gonna get a lot of value there. Um, it could be a really nice uh, combo piece with Walrein to diversify weaknesses. It accepts Walrein Acceleration really well. Uh, Walrein also really likes Aqua Search from Sharpedo, sets you up really nicely. So um, I think overall it, it's a neat line and it's not a line that I'm ready to write off right away. Definitely not one that I wanna build a whole deck around, but uh, I think it's got a lot of potential. Yeah, and then moving right along, we have the Malamar line. Uh, we have two from uh, Ancient Origins with uh, Entangling Control. Switch one of your bench Pokemon or your opponent's bench Pokemon with their active, and the new active is now confused. And we have Trash Tentacles, one for 30. Put a card from your discard pile in your hand. So, kind of a controly card. Then we have the other uh, Malamar with Contrary. It's a Black Star promo. Uh, so, Contrary says, if you see your opponent, if this is in your active, your opponent's flips tails on all of their coin flips. So, that does work with, uh, with the rule. So, basically, your opponent auto flips tails. So, anything like Pokeball, Dual Ball, all is going to flip tails. And then the attack is conform 40 damage uh, for three. And if you say no more cards, his hand is your opponent. It's now confused. So, now we see Malmar having the only Contrary um, ability here. Like, how do you think that makes them more valuable now? Slyline has not seen a ton of uh exploration in previous drafts yeah i mean with shiftery out of the picture it's definitely going to become a lot more playable um contrary or conform is still a pretty sad attack yeah three for 40 even with confusion is really poor so unless contrary is doing some really scary stuff to your opponent unless it's majorly shutting down their consistency engine which it can it de definitely can um it's it's still going to take some effort to make this card powerful. So uh, some disruption options are going to be excellent with Malamar. Just forcing your opponent to find more cards. You know, the, the more cards you force them to draw, the more cards you force them to set up, um, the more likely it is that you're going to stall them with the contrary. Uh, and Trash Tentacle plays really well to that. Uh, and, and Entangling Control as well. Um, so all of Malamar really plays well with Disruption, and I think that that's probably the direction to go with it. Uh, if there's a control deck that's viable in this cube, it's probably Malamar. And uh, both of the Pokemon in the line synergize with that outlook. Yep, fair enough. So I'm interested to see how it does now that it's the only uh, only only Pokemon in the cube now that affects the coin flips. Uh, moving on forward, we're going to talk about Agron as the Metal Stage 2 line in here. We have one from uh, Plasma Blast, but knockback. Uh, Metal Colorless, your opponent switches the defending Pokemon with one of their bench. Then we have Aura of the Land for four energies. It's 80 damage plus 20 damage to each of your each bench Pokemon, both yours and your opponent. We have the other one from Mysterious Treasures uh, with Heat Up. Two Colorless, uh, 40 damage. Search your discard pile for all energy shown to your opponent. If you find any Metal Stage, Metal Special Energies uh, there, this tank does 40 plus 30 more damage. Put all those energies on top of your deck at Shuffle. Then we have Hard Metal. Four metal energies, 60 plus. 
You may do 60 plus 40 more damage if you do aggron does 40 more damage to itself so we have four for a hundred and then we have the ruby and sapphire there's actually two of this one in here one colorless energy for retaliate uh flip a coin if heads attack to 10 damage times the number of damage counted on aggron um we have three damage for mega punch or three energy sorry for mega punch being 40. then we have double lariat one of the biggest attacks in the cube uh two metal energies triple colorless flip a coin uh, flip two coins rather the tech does 70 damage times the amount of heads so we have five for 140 and lastly we have the one from triumphant uh the defending pokemon uh has any damage counters on it the tech does 40 plus 40 more that's second strike and then we have guard claw which is four for 60 once during your turn or during your next during your opponent's next turn any damage done to aggron by attacks is reduced by 20. so kind of more of a tanky strategy here um connor what are your thoughts on aggron well, uh, the one from Ruby and Sapphire has really great artwork. <laughs> no, it's uh, not my favorite, for yeah. sure. It's really lacking facilitators, enablers. The attack costs are extremely heavy. And yes, Double Lariat is the best damage cap in the game, but it's on a 110 HP stage 2, and it costs 5 energy with no on-color acceleration in the cube. So what that means is you have to find off-color acceleration, you have to find your energy, you have to set up your off-color acceleration, and you have to attach more energy just to get to the one-shot, and then you risk getting one-shotted in return because Agron is not that big. Uh, most likely you get two attacks off with Agron, but it's just a big trade-off, and you're going to have to be getting a lot of energy in play somehow. In addition, I, I really don't like Aura of the Land, uh, the the Plasma Blast Agron, there's no way to mitigate the self-damage from that attack, and Agron is going to be so hungry to set up a bigger board just so that it can get en extra energy in play with different engines that uh, it's going to be a tremendous detriment to you in most cases. So uh, as the line stands right now, I, I definitely think it needs some sort of help to be able to actually get to its energy requirements, and, uh, and then it could be pretty powerful. But the way that I would think to play it right now is with uh, the Miss Magius Acceleration Engine, and I would have to test that before I'd be comfortable playing it in the league, I think. Yeah, I think without access to things like Scramble Energy, it's really tough to get up double area and then feel safe because the, the five energy costs, especially like you said, no acceleration can hold it back some. Yeah, I mean, if you had something that, like, you know, like a Metal Link's Bronzong, and I'm not saying he should put Metal Link's Bronzong in this cube because it would just be eaten up by other archetypes. Um, but there, there's no way to get to the Sagron. There's no good way to get to the Sagron. It's just, you can't spend five energy attaching to the same Pokemon. That, that basically does nothing until you get there. It's not, it's not feasible. It's not viable. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the, um, the second strike. So if the defending Pokemon has any damage counters on it, you do 40 plus 40 more because there are some uh some larions that have like good spread attacks that you see using with heat up's interesting um he has special metals it can be just a two for 70 i mean that's not too bad um the four for 100 isn't um uh, terrible the only thing is that you're you're basically setting yourself up to get knocked out so for four for uh specifically metal energies you're at a pretty much of a, def a deficit there um, but yeah, I'm not too high on or the land. I think if you do have a way to set double area, it could be quite strong, but the five is just really it's a tall mountain to climb yeah i think as it stands um 
it's pretty clear that some of these agrons were designed with special metal energy in mind. And there's nothing to prevent special metal energy from just going to the fortress player, and then you'd have special metal in a much better deck. Sure. Um, both the aura of the land and the heap up aggron I would consider to be largely unplayable because of uh, the downside of the aura of the land one's attack cost, um, and then the downside of hard metal. Four metal energy is just a ridiculous attack cost for such an awful attack. Like this attack would be bad for three energy. And you need it like it would be bad for metal colorless colorless, but you need four metal energy. Just ridiculous. So, in large part, I think that those cards are not playable. Man, Aura of the Land just upsets me too because like the idea behind our behind Agron is that eventually you swing for 140 damage and that's really good. But the the spread becomes completely irrelevant as soon as you swing for 140 damage because you knock out anything. And all you've done is soften up your whole board and make it more likely that your double lariat is going to get knocked out before it gets to second attack. Yeah. So maybe we'll see change to the line before the cube league, but maybe as it stands, uh, some things that maybe uh, you might want to avoid here. Um, that's it. I do like I do like some of the larians though. The magnitude larians actually really nice. The twenty plus ten uh, to both sides can be really cool. So actually in a spread, uh, almost like a checkmate deck over the weekend. So it was pretty neat. Um, but I do want to talk about this middle stage one line because it is my favorite. Uh, Fortress. Uh, Fortress has uh, two copies of Sky Ridge. And this is one of the cards that would be absolutely terrible if it was in a uh, normal cube. But in this cube, it is so much better. Uh, spinning Blow. Flip to coins. This is tied to 20 damage times the amount of heads. And in both our heads, switch Fortress with one of your benchmark ones. So hit and run attack. And then we have Scatter Bomb. Metal double colors for 40. Flip two coins for each head. This is 10 damage to each of your opponent's Pokemon for each tail. Do 10 damage to your own. So you basically have just a better flying flip. Granted, it is an extra energy. But be able to do 40 on the top, 20 to the bench. I think there's so much so much damage over the top. Uh, then we have the Flash Fire Fortress with Thorn Tempest. When you play this Pokemon from your hand to evolve on your Pokemon, you may put one damage on each of your opponent's Pokemon. And then Iron Crush for two colors energy. is so 20 plus 20 damage for each color's uh in your opponent's actives retreat cost. So any of the thick Pokemon like Aggron, like Walrein, uh, you are pretty much getting a two energy huge blow to their Pokemon. You're taking one shots on the Walrein because they're weak to metal. Something nice there. And then you also have the... Uh, so this is an interesting note. This is a Fortress G. Uh, usually is a basic, but in this cube, uh, specifically this Fortress is going to be a stage one. Uh, so we have Scatter Shell for one colorless energy. Attack does 10 damage to each of your opponent's Pokemon. And the Fortress G can't use Scatter or Shell Scatter on the next turn so it's a really efficient way just to get a bunch of damage into play uh, then we have bomb risk it's the second attack double metal energy colors 80 damage 10 damage to each bench pokemon both yours and your opponents and you flip a coin of tails to the age itself but you don't worry about that because it's a coin flip cube so uh 80 plus 10 can be pretty uh pretty significant especially uh if you can mitigate your bench to make sure i think some of the um yeah actually the um the, the pine cones actually have uh, extra skeleton that don't take the damage. So you can definitely scatter it. Uh, so Fortress of the Line, I really I do enjoy. It has hit and run aspects, which I like to play, as well as some really good uh, spread parts to it too. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on Fortress? I think it's a great line. Uh, all the different pieces are independently fantastic, and they synergize really well with each other. So I could see a really powerful Fortress deck coming out. I could see a really powerful deck that uses Fortress to enable some other spread stuff. 
or even just uses Fortress as a tech attacker coming out, you know. Um, Fortress is a very strong line in, for example, something like Arcanine because it deals with wall rain really cleanly. So um, I, I see the line having a ton of potential and it's the, the Thorn Tempest Fortress is probably one of the best stage ones in the whole cube. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how the the additions to the the G wasn't in there last time I drafted it, so interesting how those additions really change it. Um, <coughs> we're pretty much through all the attacking lines. Uh, pretty much just left to support, which I'll I'll briefly go over. We don't really have to go into it too much. I mean, the Clefable is really cool. Has Moon Guidance. Uh, so it says once during your turn, you may flip a coin of heads, search your deck for a Pokemon that evolves for one of your Pokemon, and put it on that Pokemon. So it's pretty much just an auto Evo Soda, even on Pokemon you bench during that turn. You have the Moonlight Clefable from Expedition. This is once you're turn, you may put a card from your hand on your deck. If you do, search your deck for basic energy. So free energy search. And you have Ergus Clefable, which I think is one of the most interesting cards in the cube. I don't think it's, I don't know how good it is, but it has such an interesting attack. Fairy power, one colorless, flip a coin of heads. So you may return any number of Pokemon, uh, uh, of your Pokemon in play, um, and all cards attached to them into your hand. So like a big scoop up attack, although it is only 70 HP. Uh, we're doing uh, the Clefable, the Clefairy can evolve on the first turn, so you can use that Moon Guidance to your uh, uh, to your liking there. Um, the Porygon two lines pretty much your stock support. You got double backup, which is just draw off to six, and you have download, which lets you discard a support and use the effect. And then Delcaddy, uh, energy draw Delcaddy, obviously staple card, discard an energy card from your hand, draw three. You have power circulation, which lets you uh, put a which you put two basic energy cards on top of your deck. And then you put two damage counters on Delcaddy. Um, combos really well with that power heal. We saw this in RSPK cube, where um, if you do you do 10 plus 10 damage for each damage counter on Delcaddy, then heal two. So you can actually do close to 70 damage, close to 80 damage with this one just on the bench chilling. Uh, and you have the Delcaddy EX, which isn't a card we commonly see, but it has that constrained poker power that says uh, each player draw, uh, discards until they have six cards in their hand. So in this cube, the hands tend to get quite big, so there's a lot of consistency, but uh, constraint can help them back. Has upstream, which is kind of a neat attack. Uh, search your Jessica Pile for all energy cards. Sends 10 damage for each. Um, so, not, I don't think there's enough Delcaddy EX in here to build a deck around it, but it's kind of a neat attack here. Um, I just want to mention it because I know Al will want me to. It's the, the Togepi with Mini Metronome. It's flip a coin of heads. Choose one of your defending Pokemon's attack, uh, except for its energy cost. Um, and then Togepi copies that attack. So, this one we saw on stream, uh, kind of an interesting card that I just wanted to point out just because it is pretty much a, a two energy, uh, use whatever attack is in your active. So if your opponent has an attack like Agron, you can copy it and do like a pretty sizable damage here. That kind of rounds out the cast of support Pokemon. Of course, there are the unknowns. Um, I don't really want to read them all just because there's so many different ones, but the big ones are unknown. Why flip a coin of heads, uh, surge deck for second energy, attach it to one of your Pokemon. Um, I think it's one of your Pokemon have unknown in its name. So we talked about that with Magius. Um, there's the unknown draw, which used to be a card you got automatically in the queue, but that's now it's just part of the draft. It says once you're in a coin, you once you're in your turn, you can flip a coin of heads, uh, draw a card, and your opponent also draws a card. So a little bit extra consistency. Uh, the unknown Z's are now in here. Uh, unknown Z's on your bench, and you have no cards deck you can put it back you can put shuffle it you can back in your deck but it has hidden power which is kind of neat uh remove any damage counters remove as many damage counters you like from each unknown in play and you can put that many damage counters on the defending pokemon so that combos really well with um one of the unknowns oh the uh the shuffle one that does 20 to each pokemon poke power so there's some neat unknown strategies um i don't really want to go too deep into them uh just because i think if you're interested you should look at them and try to see what you can form but 
that is pretty much the entire cast here. Connor, any last thoughts on Coin Flip Cube? Uh, I, I am really excited to play it. I do think that it's pretty likely that we'll see some changes between now and the weekend, uh, particularly in regards to the Typhlosion and Agron lines. Those are the ones that stand out to me the most as needing some assistance. Um, but overall, really excited for it. I think it's in a good spot on balance, and I'll be really excited to see what people can do because I think there are a lot of really neat synergies going on in here. Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's kind of the thing. With, I mean, cubes are always going to be evolving every every time. And so just because some things are going to change, this, I mean, the cube still has a ton of fun, a lot of a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, just needs a little bit more, you know, just buffing in some lines. But, you know, honestly, it's a better spot to be than one line just being overpowered. So really excited to see where this cube ends up at over the weekend. Again, if you want to catch that draft, just make sure to tune in on the channel on Monday. The draft video will be up there. Uh, draft video actually from the previous P-Cube series is going to be on our, is already up on our YouTube channel. Um, but I think that's going to end where our uh, our main segment is. So you pretty much got the whole lowdown on the coin flip queue if you're drafting this weekend. Or if you're just curious on how we evaluate cards. Uh, this is pretty much a good a good lecture in how to, uh, how to look at cards within the line. But uh, we're going to take a brief break here. And we'll be right back with our conclusion segment in just a minute. All right, welcome back to our conclusion segment. So it's pretty much the whole lowdown on the upcoming Cube League Cube. If you haven't yet, once again, make sure to sign up. It's going to be a ton of fun. Links are in the description. You can define those. Um, from last minute announcements, something really big I've been really excited to announce. Um, on June 26th at 12 p.m. Central, we are going to be drafting Omnipokes, all gas, no bricks cube. Uh, Davi and I will be commentating it. It'll be Connor, Zach, uh, I think Best Palau, hopefully. Um, and, uh, and Omnipoke, Joe Bernard, uh, all drafting this cube on Twitch. Uh, it's gonna be very exciting. I'm super ready to see what, what people build. I've been hearing a lot about this cube. I've seen Omnipoke drafted on Twitch on his own channel. Seems really cool. Um, should be a lot of fun. And if you want to get it on the action that following Sunday on the P cube series, we will be running the same cube. So it'll be very fun. Um, uh, super excited to be, uh, to be streaming that that'll be again, June 26th. So quite a ways away, but mark your calendars. I think it'll be a really fun event here. Speaking of fun events, Connor world renowned chef. Do you have any exciting news you'd like to share? <laughs> I, uh, I got engaged over the weekend. So that was exciting. Woo-hoo! Congrats, my man. That's, yeah, that's, that is really exciting. Very happy. Um, world-renowned chef just comes from a lot of my plan revolving on cooking a lot of food. Um, something that I don't talk that much about, especially in like the Pokemon community, is how much I like to cook. And um, I definitely did that this weekend. <laughs> so it was... Uh, yeah. But it was fantastic. Um, and um, I'm just really happy. You said you spent like, what, six hours preparing the whole meal? Yep, took me about six hours. Uh, that that included running out and grabbing the ingredients. So, um, what'd you make? Was, so I made um, I made a clementine and feta salad with a spinach and arugula base, and I made a balsamic vinaigrette for that. I made a roasted garlic and Calabrian chili mashed potato, which had a lot of nice heat and acid and. Uh, just things that are normally not present in mashed potatoes, but bring a lot of character to it. Um, I made a beef Wellington, which was kind of the star of the show. Uh, it, it's definitely a showstopper. It takes a lot of effort, but the the payoff when it's cooked well is absolutely incredible. And uh, and I did a really good job with this one. And then uh, 
I got a chocolate gelato and I made a fresh raspberry sauce for that. So that was uh, that was the menu. And it was the biggest undertaking that I've ever attempted, uh, cooking solo. And I also got it done very fast, which, you know, considering what I was trying to do, I got it <laughs> done very fast. It still took like three and a half, four hours to cook it all, but... Yeah, uh, I was impressed with myself. <laughs> well, she she said yes, so you must have done a good job. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, anything else going on besides that? I know that's probably the biggest thing. Uh. Uh, so I've been listening to the band. Oh, this is this is our. Uh, I assume we're already in our what's going on like outside of Wait, we're we're so we're so deep into it now. All right, sounds great. <laughs> sounds great. Um, so. I've been listening to this band called Half Alive, and uh, I know their name sounds very edgy, but I promise their music is not. Um, they're, they just have this super interesting sound, and um, I feel like every single time I find another song of theirs that I haven't heard before, I get totally lost in it, and I, I binge it for like days. So um, I cannot recommend their music more, and uh, at the very least, listen to a few of their singles and see if it's the kind of music that you like to listen to. Yeah, you actually showed me them. They got some insane dance moves, by the way, if you watch some of the music videos. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of become part of their brand is the is, is the dancing as well. The lead singer especially is a really good dancer. He dances in all their music videos. Yeah, they're quite good. I wish I could move like that. <laughs> um, Thinking about for what's new with me, man, it's feel like, you know, she's been working a lot, um, doing a lot of different things. Uh. I guess I guess uh, I guess P- he keeps here has been really fun. Really enjoying how that's been going. We are taking a break. There will be no P keep series this weekend because it is Cube League. So got to get those uh, drafts in there. Um, but we'll be fixing up the following week. Um, kind of just like other things I've been doing. I mean, I've been really excited to hopefully see people again. Hopefully start cubing in person more again. Um, been making updates to my own cube. Uh, been doing a lot of that. Um. Yeah, I'm just like stuck here. I don't really can't think of a lot of. I'm sure like there has been other stuff going on, but you know how like the days just kind of pass you, and you don't really think about what you're doing every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it especially when you get really busy, it can start to blend together. I've been watching through The Office again. That's been fun. I, I do like that show. Yeah, I've never actually watched it. So I, I feel like it's hit or miss with people. Uh, I know the first season. I always recommend people skip it because like. The show is written very differently after the first season. So, like, once you get to that point, uh, and if you who've watched The Office probably know what I mean, but um, I've been watching the second season. It, it, it's just, like, a nice show just to put on. I put it right before I go to bed just because, like, you know, I'm not trying to get too deeply invested in something before I'm trying to sleep. Although, I say that, and, like, something I've been really, like, really watching a lot lately, just uh, because they're funny, is uh, just kind of funny. It's this, like, criminal psychology YouTube channel that, like, YouTube keeps recommending me. <laughs> Which I thought was like gonna be like kind of like a just a dumb channel that like it's just like I don't know trying to get all the clicks, but like they go into a lot of like the the like the the tactics that like not only do they use in inter- interrogations, but also that like the criminals try to use when they're um, trying to I guess scave off their their sentence. And it's it's interesting just to see how people think, especially when they're in lots of uh, high pressure situations. It's in fact I think like more interesting because uh, we recently played. Uh, Avalon together and that's kind of a similar instance where there's a lot of deception involved and I kind of got into this shortly after and uh, it, it, it's like that on like you know another level because you're really thinking about like what these professional 
you know, detectives utilize like different tactics to like elicit like, you know, certain responses. It's, I, I don't know. Like after watching some of them, they're like really interesting to me now. I'm kind of hooked. Yeah. I, uh, huge props for Avalon. Of course, it's, uh, it's my course. favorite board it's the, game. It's the goat. Um, short of Pokemon cube, of course, but I, I wouldn't really consider Pokemon cube <laughs> a board game in the same sense. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I may have actually been recommended the same channel recently. I, uh, I think they just pop up everywhere right yeah, now. Yeah, they're but... really big, so it's probably the same one. But yeah, I thought their videos were interesting. I, I watched like part of one, and I was like, I think I get the gist, and I, uh, <laughs> I kind of let it go after that. But um, yeah, I could definitely see where it's interesting. And uh, you see parts of life that you don't really experience normally which i think is always neat yeah it was like not something i was expecting to get into either like i think um i just youtube like auto rolled into it and i just forgot to click off of it and then i ended up just like humoring it for a little bit and then got really invested because <laughs> uh they show a lot of like just like a lot of their videos kind of boil down to like the just like the uh recorded interrogation videos but then there's like commentary so it's like it's not something you normally would get to see, but then it's also like you get more insight out of it. And then for me, it's just like, I just passively interested in it. So I was like, Oh, this, this is really neat. Um, <laughs> uh, that's just been one thing. Um, really excited to, um, go back into playing like Pokemon in person again. Um, kind of waiting until like rotation happens until I actually, uh, do start playing like standard again. But I am like really looking forward to that and going back to events. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about events more. You know, I um, wasn't actually playing competitive Pokemon when the pandemic hit, but I, I might actually get back to that and see if I enjoy playing in person again. And um, I, I definitely have been feeling the, the urge to play in person again. Yeah, I just miss going up to like my local shop and like seeing friends, like going up to Yeti and uh, hanging out. Yeah. Um, so... I'll be here before you know it. It's still kind of like there's nothing really going on yet. So I know Chilling Range just like coming out. So like, you know, I'll probably pick up a box and open it. But, um, you know, I'm just kind of waiting. It's like I feel like I'm in the in-between, you know, like stuff's about ready to happen. Like things are about ready to open up again and tournaments going to happen again. But like it hasn't happened yet. So all you have is the anticipation. So just kind of waiting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all a waiting game now. I mean, we've done everything we can, so yep so a matter of time be i say it back to normal it'll always be different but uh you know getting back to hopefully going to you know see friends and see places will be fun right. uh i guess like anything else you wanna you wanna bring up before we uh close out here nope those are those are the big things in my life i think i've definitely gone over uh the things that have taken up the the majority of my time lately <laughs> and I'm feeling good. I'm just uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> had uh, had a lot on my plate lately. For sure, for sure. Well, hey, thank you for everyone who stuck it around. This was a juggernaut of an episode getting through these uh, uh, cube analysis. Let us know if you like these kind of content um, or if you have any topics you'd like us to bring up in the future. But I think that is going to wrap things up. Again, you've been listening to PQ, the one and only Pokemon Cube podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.